This episode is brought to you by AARP. 18 years from tonight, Grant Gill will become a comedy legend when he totally kills it at his improv class's graduation performance. Knees will be slapped. Hilarity will ensue. That's why he's already keeping himself in shape and razor sharp today with wellness tips and tools from AARP to help make sure his health lives as long as he does. Because the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash healthy living. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. It's Pharrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. All right, so uh, you get another goal from the Avs. 2-0 on uh, Dallas in the second period. Still just under 11 minutes to go in the period. Dallas down two to the Avs. And, of course, Dallas won the opener over the weekend. And uh, what was that, 5-3? And so they, uh, right now, down two-zip could be even in this uh, series. If they don't get clicking here and get a goal, they got to get on the board first before they can worry about tying it. They got to score one, right? I think the Flyers had that problem tonight as the Islanders kicked their ass four to nothing. They got the empty netter late. But uh, it was really an interesting game uh, because, A, Andy Green scored a goal for the first time in 10 years. And everyone was kind of talking about that being some kind of huge fascination. And because uh, Andy's like an old guy now, he's 37. He looks like he's 60, uh, but he played with the Devils forever. And he, um, believe it or not, the last time he scored a goal was against the Flyers <laughs> in like a playoff game uh, 10 years ago or something like that. So anyway, uh, he scored a goal and it held up. And they, in the second period, the Flyers absolutely owned the entire 20 minutes. I mean, maybe for one minute, the Islanders had the puck. I mean, they got dominated in that second period like no other. And I'm sitting there watching this game and Varlamov's made every save in the book. And I'm thinking to myself, how is this guy going to hold up this lead, one nothing? How are they going to stand on this one nothing lead and think they're going to win this game? And I said, they need another goal. And boom, they got it. Pajot in front. And there's Dallas getting on the board all of a sudden on a five on three. What a So Pavelski on the doorstep. Anyway, uh, what happened was Apajo scored. That was two. Then they got another one. Anders Lee on a beautiful saucer pass. And then they got the empty netter and they kicked Philly's ass. Four zip. They leave one nothing. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams. And I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys. And I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. 
And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, anyway, I was saying that the uh, Islanders uh, won the game for nothing, and that's that, right? So uh, they take a one nothing lead over the Flyers in that Eastern semi. Big night uh, for the Islanders and Varlamov. A great shutout for him. Big win for Trotz. Pajot with the goal. I mean, it, it was, you know, Green with the goal, then Lee with the goal, then they get the empty netter. And uh, everybody was in on it. Uh, this team is all over the ice. At one point, I thought that I was looking at a, a much bigger team than the Islanders in terms of size. I thought that the Flyers looked bigger and uh, more physical in that second period. They were just pounding them along the walls and in the corners, just dominating the puck, like controlling it. They didn't even have a man advantage. There was no power play or anything. It was just strictly mano a mano physicality. And I was like, man, this Flyer team is pushing them around. Meanwhile, at the end of the period, they showed me, maybe it was the end of the game. I don't know what it was. But I and I could look it up. I just don't want to. <laughs> that I think the Islanders out hit them. They out hit them. What was it, thirty four twenty nine or something like that? So they uh, were right small. in that area. Yeah, they were smaller, but they out hit them. Like you can't deny Carver High as as a completely biased Islander fan. But you can't deny that that team. Am I imagining things? Or they're bigger than the Islanders, the players. Um- yeah, I mean, they have a couple of bigger players, there's no doubt, because even their top, you know, their skill guys are bigger guys. You know, Voracek is a big guy. Kevin Hayes is a bigger guy. Whereas it's you huge. look at some of the island, you look at some of the Islander skill guys, and Barzell's a little guy, and, uh, you know, Beauvillier's a little guy. Uh, but the Islanders do have a couple guys who are on the bigger side, some of their bottom six guys, whether it be Martin or Ross Johnston and those guys. But as a whole, you're probably right. You know, all four lines together, the Flyers are probably a little bit of a bigger team. Like, it looked to me like I was looking at 6'3 and 6'2 and maybe one or two 6'4 guys like Hayes. And then I was looking at all these 6'2 guys. And then I'm looking at all these guys on the Islanders that look like they're about 5'11, six foot tall. And it was noticeable to me. But I think that the Islanders skate better. And I think the other team imposed their strength and size on the Islanders along the walls and in the corners. Like in that second period, it was total physical domination of the puck and, and body. I mean, they own them. And I'm sitting there watching this game going, they got to beat them with uh, skill and skating and passing. That's the way you beat a big team. You got to skate them and you got to pass them and you got to turn them around on their heels and get them off balance. And that's what they did. I thought the Pajot goal was they got caught napping behind the goal line. And here's this guy right out in front, and he snapped it top shelf. And it I, at that point, I I wrote you boom, and there's two. It's two nothing. And then like a, a few minutes later, three nothing on the Anders Lee goal. And I told you on coast to coast today, who did I say was the guy that stood out? 
to me, more than anyone on this team, the way he does the dirty work in front of the net was Lee, right? And he got a beautiful pass. I think was it from uh, Barzal? Was, Who threw it, that it was, pass? It was it was Barzy. Yeah, Barzal had the pass. Yeah, that was a great pass. Uh, cross ice, cross slot, one timer, bang, chitty chitty, bang bang, game over. And then who had the empty netter? Was Devon Taves had the empty netter? All right, so uh, I just thought that it was a beautiful thing to see a, a smaller team uh, out hit a bigger team, out skate a bigger team, and out play a bigger team, and then get uh, you know out goaltended. I mean, Varlamov beat the kid that I think uh, Carter Hart has been for me. He's top three in the whole playoffs of any team. He's been incredible. A couple shutouts. Kid's been standing on his head. But there's nothing you can do when they leave Pajot standing out in front. And he was cooking hot dogs on a grill, drinking a beer. And no one was touching him. And he was five feet in front of a heart. And he just went top shelf. He's like, that's where mama keeps her weed. Up there on that shelf. Up in that cookie jar. She keeps her, she keeps her funk. She loves to keep her funk up in that cookie jar. Anyway, uh, and then you get the Lee one-timer on the feed from Barzi. It's game over. And uh, that's a huge win. I bet on them. Uh, they were getting money. So I'm stoked about that. By the way, the Dallas Stars have tied the game up at twos. Unbelievable. They were down 2 nothing, And I said, you got to get on the board first before you can start thinking about tying it. And in less than a minute, they did it. They tied them. They got two quick goals in the second. And I think they're sitting 2 all. 110-85 Lakers at the uh, last 20 seconds of the third in this humiliating game on uh, TNT for everyone to – I mean, I've had better enemas than watching this basketball game. I won't even watch this. Like the night before a Pharrell anoscopy, you have that uh, barium explosion, right? And then you figure uh, that's about what this game reminds me of. This game is so bad. I'm sure it's great for Laker fans. They just – do you even enjoy a game like that, Carver High, if you're a fan of the team and it's that much of a blowout? Like, there's what's there to watch? Like, do you really sit yeah, around and watch it's, up 30? It's, not, it's definitely uh, – it, it can get like that boring. I mean, playoff games up in an NBA game up 30 points, 40 points, that's unwatchable. I don't care who you root for. I don't care. Yeah, it, it, that's my opinion of it. It's just too much. So um, I don't even think that score uh, – I'm seeing 110.85, and then I'm seeing 112.87 is the actual score. LeBron's got 36 and 10. He needs four rebounds for the uh, triple-double. Davis had 18. Now, remember, Davis had 12 in the first 10 minutes of the game. And then I told you he got elbowed in the throat and collarbone. What did he never play again? He only played 18 minutes the whole game. So he must have been injured from the elbow from Whiteside. Because he never played again. I stopped watching when they were up 25. I was done. I'm done watching. Uh, I picked the Lakers to win. I did not think they'd blow out the Blazers tonight at all. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Does anyone really truly uh, say that they knew they'd win by that much? Or that it would be a complete no game? It was not a game at all. It was a complete blowout. The game was over. It was 22 to 5. I mean, it was like... Nobody... Nobody thought it would be like this. And and I think the amazing thing in this series, Scotty, is that, you know, the Blazers win game one and it was a close game and the Lakers didn't look great. And really since then, like the Blazers haven't been in any of these games. I mean, they weren't completely blown out like tonight in the other two, but it's not like the game was in doubt. The Lakers covered the spread in those games. I mean, there wasn't. 
you know, a feel in the la- in late in the fourth quarter they were going to lose. So ever since the Blazers won that first game, the Lakers have just, you know, taken them apart really since then. Well, don't you think they're done now? Like, that's it. They're, they'll never recover. Oh, they're from done. This. They're done. You get the gentleman sweep now in game five. That's it. The gentleman sweep. Yeah, now let me let me just go back. I, I just want to show you just so we can, like, it's very important. I want to just see how bad it was. So just at the beginning, right, it was so bad. 24, it was 22 to 6, right? I told you, 22 6. Then it got to 25 8. Then it got to 30 to 10. Then it got to uh, 40 to 17. (laughs) Then it was 43 25 after one. Then at the end of two, I'm just going to save a lot of time here. At the end of two, it was 80 to 51. At the end of three, it's 112.87. I mean, it's just so unbelievable how badly they're getting their ass beat. 112.87. And then, I mean, they are just getting cooked. I don't know how you ever recover from something like that. I really don't. Like, you are toast. You're done. Uh, they're better than you. They proved it. You won one game because... You had been playing all those pressure games. I think that's what it was. The Blazers played all those pressure games. Then they played the playing game with Memphis. They came roaring back to win the game. Dame Lillard went off. They beat him. Grizzlies covered the six and a half, if you remember, in a tight game. They beat him by like four. And then they went right into the Lakers series and they beat him because they were playing pressure games every night, right? Then once the Lakers got the wake-up call, they have dominated every game since, right? Not one of the games has been uh, even close. So now they're just absolutely pasting them. And now you know that the deal is uh, they'll finish them off Wednesday night. That'll be that. That'll be done deal. I mean, that's just done deal. And then the Heat beat the Pacers 99-87. And the Pacers um, got swept for zip. So, how bad was that? I mean, that was as bad as Philly. I don't know which one was worse. Meanwhile, they gave Nate McMillan an extension in Indy. Great job, coach. You did a great job with the Pacers. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. All right, so uh, we haven't been able to track down Hacksaw, so I guess that's not happening. So he was scheduled to do the show tonight, and one thing led to another, and 
He must have been enjoying that Laker game or something. <laughs> he must have been. Axon must have been getting into the Laker game. They're up 50 or whatever it is, and he maybe he forgot or something. Who knows? Uh, I have no idea what happened, so we can't find him. So that's that. Uh, there you go. So uh, I still uh, was a big fan of his. Uh, I liked what he uh, did on the radio for all the years. I'd hear him for years and years. I heard him doing the show in uh, Southern California out of San Diego. I could listen to him every day. He did this Hacksaw's headlines thing, and he would literally go through every story in sports and uh, kind of like we do, uh, Carver High, where we talk about a little bit of everything on Coast to Coast. Uh, he He did like, you know, he he did everything. You name it, he talked about it. And uh, he used to run through this in his open, his dialogue or, or monologue or whatever. He would go, he would just go on this tear about everything going on in sports. And uh, I think it became an institution for his show. Like people would tune in to hear him do it. And uh, it was really cool. And then he, he opened the show by uh, what I remember. I haven't heard him in 30 years or whatever it is. 20 some year when was it it was uh like i was there in 90s so uh what what are we in 2020 now i can't even do the math so it's been at least uh 90 to like 94 let's say 94 uh 26 years something like that since i've heard him but he used to do this uh show or the open of the show he would go uh through all the like where you could hear the signal from Rancho Cucamonga, <laughs> he would like the Santa Barbara. He would go up and down the coast in California and rattle off all the towns that you could hear uh, the signal. And it was the greatest signals, uh, all of them, the mighty 690, the mighty 1090, the mightier 1090. It's all, the. I mean, these signals, you should, uh, you've never seen anything like it in radio, how strong it is. And he used to open his show by doing that. From Baja to Rancho Cucamonga. <laughs> That's what he used to say. And I used to sit in my car. And uh, it was pretty funny because back then, uh, you know, I was, oh, look at Dallas. They've already got another one and they're going to give them another one. It's four to two with 45 seconds left. They're laughing at the avalanche now in the crease. They're actually laughing while they're enjoying all these goals flying in. You got to be kidding me. They were down 2 nothing at the start of the period. And uh, Joe Sackick is not enjoying this at all. And I mean to tell you, they are putting a beating on the avalanche in this hockey game. Down 2 nothing. They have scored four straight goals. I can tell you the uh, goals. Pavelski, Foxa on the power play. Rodulov and now Lindell. Chuck Lindell. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Chuck Liddell. That's our boy. And he, that's an awful goal with 40 seconds left in the period. So uh, what do you think? Is this game over? Up four, four straight goals, up four, two. Do you think they finish them off? Or do you think, uh, do you think Colorado can respond and tie it up in the third? Uh, they have enough firepower where they can respond. What worries me is the goalie. That was a cheapie right there, Scotty. You can't allow a goal like that. Uh, when your team is down 3-2. And, and, of course, they have the backup in Frank who, after Grubauer got hurt the last game, and he looked like a backup there. That was a real cheapy. he just allowed to that guy. What's the guy's name that's in the goal now? They got a backup plan? That is uh, Frank Koo. 
Francou. Like, parlez-vous français, madame? Oui, oui. Francous, yeah. Francous. And so we, uh, I bet on the Islanders and Stars tonight, as you know. So I'm hoping for a Dallas win here for the perfect night in the NHL. And uh, hit the Heat, hit the Lakers, hit the Bucks. Uh, did not hit the Rockets, so that did not go well for me. Anyway, uh, we'll look at baseball in a minute. From Baja to Rancho Cucamonga. <laughs> 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 Are they in the church tonight, uh, Carver High? I never went into the church. Yeah, yeah, of course everybody's in there. You got some well, of the regulars. It's very good. But if I don't go into the church, I'll be punished severely, and and the fans will turn on me. And I'm going to give them a better late than never. Bitches! <laughs> Uh, we love them in the church. That's our YouTube uh, Church of Pharrell chat room that goes on during the Pharrell on the Bench radio program on the YouTube. You can actually watch me doing the show on YouTube. Search Sports Grid Radio. Also, if you want our action, my picks every day and everything across the board, you're going to love it. PharrellOnTheBench.com. By the way, it's F-E-R-R-A-L-L, Pharrell, F-E-R-R-A-L-L. So um, I always play basketball with this dude, and he always calls me Farrell. I'm like, dude, it's Pharrell. And every time I play with him, he's like, hey, Farrell. I'm like, hey, shorty, it's Pharrell. What do I got to do? Put it in your uh, face, like on your forehead? You want me to give you a tattoo? Like, honestly, like, is it really that hard to, like, remember? Is it really that hard to figure out? So um, it's Pharrell, F-E-R-R-A-L-L. By the way, uh, we'd love it if you'd follow us on uh, Twitter, at Scott Pharrell and at Pharrell on Grid. Because if you're on the Pharrell on Grid Twitter, you can uh, basically see all the millions of clips of the shows we do on Coast to Coast and on uh, Pharrell on the Bench, right? Lots of that. Uh, we put the podcast up on the podcast is this show. So when they when the show's over, it goes up on iTunes every night, right? Uh, or the next day, I don't even know. When does it go up, Carver? I it usually goes up around three a.m. Eastern time. Okay, so like when you wake up in the morning, it's there, right? So uh, I see Definitely it the next there day when you wake up in the morning. So I put it up on I I put it up on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then I put one up on Sunday. The Friday show I put up on Sunday so that it's not just, uh, I don't know why I do it. I just blow off Saturday because most people, in my view, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is the first four shows. The fifth show I run on Sunday because on Saturday, uh, everyone's so absolutely hung over and hung out to dry that no one's getting up and like looking on uh, Twitter for the Pharrell uh, Friday night podcast of the show. You know what I mean? So Sunday, when you're up snapping tubes, smoking that fat one and having a little Joe, you might want to pull up the Friday night saga, otherwise known as Pharrell and Events, and then you can listen to it. And then you're Gandhi. So just follow us on Twitter. Is it really that hard to do? At Scott Pharrell, at Pharrell on Grid. Just follow us. And then uh, it's the same thing on uh, Instagram, Pharrell on Grid. 
And then there's Scott underscore Pharrell on Instagram, right? Isn't that everything? Facebook, it's what, uh, Carver High? Pharrell, is it? Uh, oh, Pharrell on Grid. And then uh, Scott Pharrell. And then that there's, would be correct. Uh, and then there's Scott Farrell fan page, isn't it? Like it's the I think Scott Farrell fan page. I have three Facebooks. And then uh, uh, I think that's about right. And then I, I'm on uh, there you go. I think that I'm on all those. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Just so you uh, can follow the show more adequately. Anyway, Carver High is telling me how disappointed he is in our uh, scheduling tonight with some of our guests. It's a tremendous strain on us, well, you know, so physically. Things, things happen. You move along and you just keep on uh, making it happen. That's all that you can do. You just keep on but making it happen. You're really nice. I'm not that nice. I, I, I am. I, you know, you, you just got to keep on pushing ahead. What you got to do? Push ahead. Sad. Don't even worry about it. That's it. That's all you can do. What's done is done. Let's just or keep rocking. You could, you could just keep rocking and push forward and move forward, and then I'll just be mad. <laughs> and then I'll be the one that's mad. And then I can live with all the anger. And I can be uh, upset. I am playing ball tomorrow at 6.45 in the morning. You know what I'll do? I'll take it out on anyone that calls me by the wrong name in the game, both scoring and physically. So when I score at will on everyone, which I do anyway, that'll be one way. The other way will be dishing out punishment to those that I don't like. If I don't like you, I try to hurt you. And I'm good at it. I make lots of friends playing basketball with my Bill Lane beer tactics, Carver High. As you know, I've been known to get a little chippy in the low blocks with the trees. Sometimes Not I gotta you. get a little Yeah. You yeah. never do that. I gotta get a little chippy. I heard tonight in the Laker game they were saying it got chippy between Mello and Dwight. I heard they got chippy tonight. Did you see the fight over the weekend? Who was it? It was Ennis against somebody. Something in the uh, Magic Buck game, right? Yeah, it was, uh, uh, oh, Matthews and Ennis. Two household names that no one's ever heard of. They find them both 15 grand. Did you see the story tonight about, uh, you know, I guess the story was, uh, there was rumors that uh, the NBA teams were going to be out uh, to get Juwan Howard to coach in the NBA. And then he came out with a uh, refuting that statement. He, he came out with a, a, a paragraph about how he's the coach at Michigan and that's where he's staying. He's not going to the NBA. He said, I'm going to, he said, I'll get offers from the NBA for years, but I'm not leaving Michigan. All right, Pharrell on the bench. Uh, great that we uh, finally uh, were able to track down uh, the legend, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, who I've uh, spoken highly about on this show tonight, uh, about how much I loved listening to Hacksaw's headlines every day. I used to drive from Huntington Beach to Culver City to do Pharrell on the bench on Westwood One back in the day in the 90s. Uh, and I lived in uh, Surf City, and I used to get a huge kick out of listening to Hacksaw Hamilton. Not only uh, was his talk show the best 
uh, talk show in Southern California, bar none. But he also, at the time, was the voice of the San Diego Chargers, uh, that franchise that shafted the city of uh, San Diego. All those politicians in uh, San Diego, the city of San Diego blew that opportunity with that football team. But Lee used to call their games, and he was great at that, too. Awesome NFL play-by-play guy. He did more than just... Uh, that he did the Seahawks. I know he did some college football with uh, USC and San Diego State. A pleasure to have Hacksaw Hamilton on the bench tonight. How you doing, Lee? Scotty, long time no here. How are you? My man, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. How great is this, uh, Carver? Hi, we got Hacksaw on here tonight. Uh, it's just fabulous. It's great to hear your voice. I got to tell you, that's the uh, truth. Every day. I used to drive up to uh, do my show. I think you were on in the afternoons, and I was on at 7 West and 10 East out of New York, and I used to listen to you in my car sitting in bumper-to-bumper traffic on a 405 every day of my life. It was the greatest thing ever. I was imitating you before doing from Baja to Rancho Cucamonga. You used to do all the uh, the cities that you were on in and that great signal. It's so great to have you on the show. Uh what do you remember most about those days uh, doing the show in the afternoons on, on 690 and your dominance in Southern California? Well, we were the first to do it, and I think that more than anything else, uh, you know, the, the big sports website, The Athletic, just wrote a big story a couple of weeks ago uh, about uh, the evolution of sports talk radio in the nation and, and what we did. Uh, we were the third one in the country to go all sports. And for your listeners uh, who are outside of Southern California, we're on a Mexican-licensed radio station of 77,000 watts. It used to be the home of Wolfman Jack when they were rock and roll music way back in the day. Right. And I was the I was the first first piece of uh, the cornerstone of sports talk, and we grew it, and we we stumbled on talent people. We built it around us. We had an unbelievable run for probably 16 years, and then unfortunately. Management changed, and Clear Channel Radio came in and blew the whole thing up and got rid of the station, which to this day is still stunning. But uh, we had a tremendous run because nobody was doing it, and because our signal, the, the correct phrase, Scott, was from Baja to the Canadian Rockies. Right. And it was true. It was true because at night you could hear us in White Rock, British Columbia, because our signal was directional and went from Mexico all the way up the coast. So. Right. Uh, we just we did a lot of creative things that had never been done before, uh, and I, you know, I had been in Phoenix prior to coming to San Diego, and I, I came to do the NFL, and I was going to be the first piece of the equation to to build a sports talk station, and we came across talent that was unbelievable, and we fell into some of it, some of it we scouted out, and by the time we got done, a decades worth of what was Extra Sports 690, we really had some special people. I mean, I. I was a piece of the equation, and Jim Rome came along, and we all know right. what his career became. Uh, and then the, the, the two morning guys we hired wound up going to Los Angeles, and they are still on the air. John Ireland, who's the, the voice of the Lakers, and Steve Mason, who was a friend of mine. And right. then we, we, fell into, we fell into a unique group in uh, mid-afternoons uh, by the name of the Loose Cannons. Uh, Steve Hartman was based out of L.A., and the sure. legendary Chet Forty, who had been on Monday Night Football, and we didn't know if that w- that was going to fit or that was going to work. And what happened was we paired a uh, young loudmouth guy from the West Coast with an old school guy from the East Coast, and it was magic. So we had we just had a tremendous run 
doing sports talk radio, and I was I was good enough to be the voice of the Chargers, and they got hot. We went to the Super Bowl, and we just did things nobody ever ever had done before. And I I would have never, Scotty, never in my wildest dreams thought there'd be a day where I'd have 2,200 stations across the country doing sports talk radio in some form or fashion. So yeah, we're we're pretty proud. WFAN in New York was the first one. WIP in Philly was the second. We were the third, and now obviously Sports Talk Radio is a, a a real integral part of people's day parts around the nation. You know, you've uh, hacksaw Hamilton with us. You've you've stayed there. Uh, you've loved it so much in uh, that community all these years, right? I mean, you were a, a Long Island boy, I think, when it all started, and you ended up out there in beautiful sunny San Diego. I go there every year. I'm always there. I'm. Uh, I, I said in an interview recently about the mightier 1090 coming back that it was, uh, you know, you can hear it in heaven and you can hear it in hell. It was the greatest radio signal ever in America. And it was from Tijuana, right? It was a Mexican signal. But I, I said the same thing. Like, it's just a, the most incredible history behind the station. And you were the king of it all. And uh, I certainly knew that. How much fun did you have? Uh, doing the NFL play-by-play, though, when they made it all the way to the Super Bowl uh, and you were calling their games. And you did other teams as well. You were great at calling football games. You were great at doing talk radio. Uh, you were an institution. How much fun did you have doing the other, the the play-by-play? Because I did NHL play-by-play. I want to know how much you loved it. Well, I, originally, I came from a hockey background. Uh, I had been in the World Hockey Association, and I, th- I thought my whole career was going to take me to the NHL. And unfortunately, when the merger came, my team, my city, got left out. We lost our franchise. But, yeah, I had been in Cleveland. But one thing turned into another. I lost my job in Cleveland, and I wound up going to Phoenix to become the voice of Arizona State Sun Devil football. And then they heard me in San Diego, and they liked everything I did. And they had just gotten the Chargers rights, and they wanted to do something very different. And they knew what I had created in Phoenix, Sun Devil Saturday and all that. And so – we we came together in San Diego, and we weren't very good very early. Uh, team wasn't very good. Station wasn't very good. And then we just kind of caught lightning in a bottle, and we did things in, in NFL on game day that nobody had ever done. Everybody's doing it now, but we created a nine-hour countdown to kickoff show, and we did just a massive game day thing. It's, whether it was a good team or a bad team, we got the listeners involved, and you know, and, and all the other dynamics that come with sports talk radio. It's a little bit different now, but, you know, NFL draft shows, draft previews, taking your talk show to the Super Bowl, sp- tour the spring training camps, uh, right. NHL drafts, you you name it, we created it and we did it. It was it was a lot of fun. It was a grind. I look back on it now. I mean, I'm kind of on the uh, on the periphery of it right now, although I'm still good at it. And I have a huge sports website that I, I write on every day. Right. But, uh, I look back on it now, and I, I, Scotty, I say, how the hell did you do all that? I was working like nine days a week, and I was, <laughs> I was doing, I was doing not only sports talk radio four hours a day. I right. was doing college football on Saturdays, and I was doing NFL football on Sundays, and I was meeting myself coming and going in the airports. And I, I look back and now and say, wow, how did you do that? But uh, yeah, it was fun and. Uh, there wasn't a phone number in the world that I would not call to go get a guest. Uh, we just did some creative, really different things. And, and the big issue, is, as you can attest to now, uh, with, with the relaunch of uh, the Mightier 1090 based out of right. San Diego again, as they try to recreate what we used to have, 
the, the big thing is if you're on a big stick, if you're on a signal, you're going to be heard, and you're going to have some impact. Now, you may be the greatest talk show host in the world, but if you're on only a 500-watt AM station up at the other end of the dial, nobody's right. going to hear you. So, yeah, right. it, was, it was fascinating. Met a lot of people, did a lot of great things, had some tough times, too, corporate Corporate radio has really changed things. It's just and, and disappointing uh, the the way it's ended up for a lot of people. But uh, we we did some things that nobody ever did, and I, I hope when when we're all finished with this, somebody will appreciate what we did because we pioneered it. Well, I, I do. Uh, I know how important uh, you are and uh, what you've uh, brought to the table is legendary and unequaled. I've never heard anything like it. Like when I would drive and hear you go through the Hacksaw's headlines, like obviously you still do it on uh, LeeHacksawHamilton.com. But when you did it on the radio, it was like, I mean, I, I literally, it was almost like, because uh, I had to do a national show, right? And as I was driving, I would listen to these uh, stories that you would talk about one after the next in your monologue and you would just rip through all this news like it was like every little thing every injury every single item on the face of the earth that happened in sports you covered it like no other and I had never heard anyone do that before so it kind of struck a chord with me and um, I just always felt like you were a titan uh, in the business and certainly in Southern California. And then, you know, I remember Rome came up to meet me when I was doing the show at Westwood one and I got to meet Jim and then I've known him for years. I worked with him at CBS sports radio. He was doing a show still out there, but I was doing it in New York. So I've been around all these people. I see Hartman at fights and I've worked with, uh, you know, John Ireland. I've seen all these people through the years, but, uh, you know, they're all really good at what they do. And I respect all of them. They're all incredible talents, but they're, uh, they're not the character you were. Uh, I thought you stood out like a sore thumb. Uh, the whole hacksaw thing, I thought you had an image. I thought you had a shtick. I thought you had incredible drive. I knew that you were working uh, NFL and college games. I listened to you call the games. And then I'd listen to this uh, four-hour talk show that was like no other in the market. So it was really incredible. Listen, I hope to have you on the show more often talking about the Padres and talking about the Aztecs and talking about everything in Southern California, the Chargers, the Rams, the, you know, baseball, the hockey, uh, everything, basketball, Clippers, Lakers, you name it. We'd love to have you on uh, for Ellen the Bench as often as you could have a chance to come on. We'd love to get you on. I think you're incredible. Uh, you're a Hall of Famer to me, a legend in the business. I respect everything you did. Uh, I think you've been fantastic in Southern California like no other. And uh, it was a great thrill to catch up with you tonight and to have you on the show. And I mean that sincerely. Uh, and uh, I couldn't be happier to have you on the show tonight. It was really cool. Lee, hopefully we can get you back on as soon as possible when you have uh, any free time. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much for coming on the show tonight. Got it. Good to talk to you. Get a chance check to have your listeners check my website. I post and write a lot of stuff every day. It's just LeeHacksawHamilton.com, and yeah, we did, we've done a lot of great things, and we pioneered it. I'm very proud of it, and got a lot of friends in the business. And what made us different than anybody else was the fact that every day part that we had on the original Extra 690, from Mason in Ireland to Rome to the Loose Cannons to Hacksaw to the coach John Cantera, those the, we were the cornerstones of what 690 was. Every day part was so radically different. You find right. yourself wanting to 
tuned back in to see what this other guy's going to say compared to what the guy before him had to say, and I can't wait for the guy coming up later and what he's going to say. Hey, good to talk to you. Let's do this again. My pleasure anytime. My man, Hacksaw, thanks so much, brother. Uh, all the best, and uh, we'll catch up again real soon. There he is, Lee Hamilton, everybody, the legendary Hacksaw. And, uh, everybody knows him in uh, Southern California and all over California and all over the country. Everybody knows who he is. He called games forever with the Chargers, took him to the Super Bowl. I used to listen to him even on uh, when I was on KMBR in San Francisco, speaking of great stations and great uh, signals. Uh, that signal went all the way to San Diego. You could hear it on a, uh, at night when I was on, particularly at night. It boomed and uh, it was clear. And b between those two signals, uh, I I'd say the three best signals I ever heard in my life. Uh, we're uh, the one that I'm on, the Mightier 1090, that signal, uh, and then KMBR uh, 680 in San Francisco, and then WFAN New York. And uh, I've been on all of them. So uh, it was great having Hacks on. I'm glad we caught up with him. Hopefully we'll get him on the show again to talk uh, Southern California sports, but it was great catching up with him. Uh, all right, we come back, we'll wrap it up. 4-2 in the third, it just started, Dallas up on Colorado. So it's been so long since I had Hacksaw or that I'd uh, listened to Hacksaw like 25, 26 years. And I was like, from Baja to Rancho Cucamonga. But he uh, said tonight when he heard me do that, he said it's from Baja to the Canadian Rockies. On the uh, extra or uh, the mighty 690. Uh, he was great. And uh, Marenzi's next for Sports Rage. You remember Hacksaw, Marenzi? <laughs> yeah, one of my favorites. Uh, I, when I think of Hacks, I just think Costa Mesa on line two. Costa Mesa, talk to me. <laughs> yeah, he was great. And, yeah, you know, he, he's he, old school. He's old school. Like, you know, it's actually in the old days when I'd listen to you. I was living in Hollywood. It was like uh, the, the late 80s and stuff. But right. he he's always been one of my favorites. I consider him as one of the innovators, actually. You know, Jim Rome was one of his interns. So, you know, Hacksaw has been around a long time. Yeah, like he uh, rattled off all the names of all the people that worked there back in the day and that had become very successful. Uh, there had never been anyone, I said this to him, no one has ever done like a monologue like him where he would literally go through every single thing that happened in sports right. all over the world. All over the world. Like every hangnail he'd talk yeah, remember about. Remember Scotty? Scott, he he made everything sound important too, right? Like, everything. you know what I mean? The backup punter on the Chargers would be hurt, but he'd make it sound like Kennedy just got shot. <laughs> right, like, so the guy, uh, Tyrell Williams today, said he's going to play with his torn labrum. A hacksaw would have turned that into emergency <laughs> surgery. The guy, he's going to play with a torn labrum this week in the game against the Chargers. A developing story. We're watching it from all angles. We'll report again at the top of the hour. He had it all going. He was great. Hey, what do you think of the uh, stars, those four quick goals against Rado tonight? You know, I tell you what, everybody uh, everybody jumped on the, the wagon that all oh, the abs were just going to sort of automatically uh, bounce back. Uh, but Dallas are red hot right now. They came into tonight with a five-game win streak. I actually took the Stars at plus 130 tonight. And the Islanders tonight, a perfect night in the NHL. Have a great show, Marenzi. I'll see you tomorrow night. Uh, I'll see you freaks tomorrow on Coast to Coast at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 on 1090 and Sunday. Good night, everybody.